0: Support for WVIK comes from Kathleen Collins at the Dragonfly in Bettendorf. Using both conventional and alternative counseling methods for empowerment to help create change for individuals and couples. More information is at
1: KathleenCollinsCounseling.com. To draw from a cooperation agreement and to seek new negotiations over the territory in the South Atlantic. The British Foreign Secretary tweeted last night, the Falkland Islands are British. Britain and Argentina had agreed in 2016 to work together on a variety of issues, but both continued to assert their claims to the islands, over which they had fought a war in 1982. I'm Nora Rahm, NPR News in Washington.
2: Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Imaginable Futures, supporting the Institute for Women's Policy Research, working to close inequality gaps for women, and improve the economic well-being of families. (laughs) IWPR.org.
0: It is a lovely early March morning here on the Augustana College campus. You're just in time for a conversation with this week's guest, Hannah Holman from the Quad City Symphony Orchestra, and many other places, too. I'm Kai Swanson. I hope you'll join us here on Quad City's Public Radio as we while away the hour, check in on the composer's date book, and who knows what else on Saturday Morning Live. You got it. Portions recorded. (laughs) Hannah Holman, good morning and thank you for joining me
1: Good morning, Kai, thank you for having me
0: I gotta tell you, from the very first day Don Wooten, the venerable host of this program, said Hey Kai, could you step in, you know, during the winter or something like that My gears started turning I thought, I gotta find a way to get Hannah on this show (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Yay, and it happened. <laughs> well,
0: and so for full disclosure, folks, uh, I do a little gig for the the symphony where I'll tell people to shut off their cell phones, and we talk about the music, and you've been part of those mm-hmm. conversations. And then what's really the best part for me, because I am such a fanboy of the Quad City Symphony Orchestra, is when I'm backstage and I see these people <laughs> coming in, and I'm like, wow, it's it's Hannah, or, or it's Charlie, or you know, you know Tony, right. that kind of thing. Right. And so, but we only get a chance to talk for like thirty seconds, mm-hmm. ask about kids, whatever, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I, I talk, about think, uh, talk about the UP. I talk about the UP. Oh, we are gonna talk <laughs> about the UP. But I mean, I've never had an extended conversation with you, Hannah. I mean, outside of the concert conversation right. where we're really focused on that, and we're gonna talk
1: music. Mm-hmm.
0: So I gotta tell you, I've really been looking forward to this, and thank you because I know you got a, so many things going today. I'm grateful that you were oh, able to make it, time for I'm,
1: this. I'm so happy it all worked out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, let's, okay, let's let's roll it back here and let's find uh, out about how we got to this uh, moment in time. And uh, you said UP. Now, you got some Michigan roots. So, let's start there. Where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in Jackson, Michigan. Uh... Which is, you know, everybody that's from Michigan does the hand, at least in the lower peninsula. That's right. Um, My grandfather was the Jackson High School principal, (gasps) and my grandmother, uh, it was the grandmother whose cello I play on today, (sighs) who was my first cello teacher. But it was my grandfather, her husband, who uh, grew up in Ishpeming. Aha! And Alrighty. his parents came over from Cornwall to oh, mine. Really? Mm-hmm.
0: That is so okay, so folks, you know I got this thing for the UP of Michigan, <laughs> but it's like there are these large communities that came from Cornwall mm-hmm. and Finland mm-hmm. and Sweden and France and right. and that sort of Acadia. and uh, it's it's a wonderful mix, but we owe it to those beloved Cornish immigrants. That we have the pasties. Pasties, today. I know. <laughs> My
1: mom makes a mean pasty. Oh, does she? Yeah. It she goes from
0: scratch, right? From, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, friends. Oh, if we. I gotta. Oh, but let's go back to your grandma <laughs> for a second because I wish. Uh, I mean, I do believe with Charles Osgood that radio is superior to television. He said because the pictures are better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wish our listeners could see the picture that Hannah brought of Hannah and her grandmother. And how did your grandmother come to the cello? We- well, it's
1: it's a great story, yeah. actually. She actually grew up in Oregon, Illinois, on the yeah, Rock sure, River. Yeah, sure, sure. Tiny town of like 500. Her, um, That was our vacation spot from Jackson every mm. year. We would travel to Oregon. <laughs> um, and see the Laredo
0: Taft sculpture. Uh,
1: correct. I know. And Black Hawk. And yeah, that, it was beautiful. Beautiful. Um, but her, she was an only child. Her parents uh, owned a little grocery store in Oregon, Uh, mm -hmm. and um, they wanted the best for their their daughter. And so, um, yeah, she started playing the cello, and they actually... The cello that I play on today is uh, a cello that was made for her uh, by Carl Becker in Chicago. Um, Yeah. She actually, though there was no cello teachers around Oregon and you know, she didn't go to Chicago every week or anything. So yeah. she um learned with a violin teacher and then she actually ended up going to Northwestern. Um she was born in nineteen oh eight. Um and and actually it's coming up to her birthday. Her Aww. birthday was March thirteenth. Oh um, nice <laughs> but uh um, so, when she got to Northwestern, she was studying cello with somebody in the Chicago Symphony, and she really had to relearn her technique. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that she was – that's why – one of the many reasons she was such a great cello teacher, because she had to relearn everything herself.
0: right. So. Right.
1: And so I, I
0: always think it's fascinating when we'll have uh, artists uh, come to the symphony and we'll learn that their instrument was made in the 1600s in northern Italy, and it's got right. this great lineage.
1: Sounds good. But I, <laughs> I love
0: this story even better. That's so That's so very, very cool. And that you carried it forward. Now, all right, you're vacationing in northern Illinois. What, I mean, did you You had to have at least occasionally gone to the UP for those Ishpeming routes, right? Yes,
1: yes. Yeah, my grandfather and I. Well, actually, the whole family... Uh, would go up sometimes in the summer. I remember a really special summer that I just went up with my grandfather Aww. and stayed with great? some cousins up there. And um, when was it? It was the summer before COVID, I guess, so uh, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um, Matisse and I, my son, uh-huh. uh, drove from New York up through Montreal, yes. across Canada, so and cool. then down, and then Sault we Saint met. Marie and yeah. Saint Agnes and oh. exactly. So we and then we met. Uh, the whole family up there, we had kind of reunion. Because I have a lot of relatives that are still there that have camps,
0: of course, you got to have a camp.
1: You have to have camp. You got to have a camp. <laughs> well, it's all sort
0: of coming together in a nexus here because now that you mentioned it, I forgot but my Uper grandpa's birthday is tomorrow. I mean, oh. yeah, so I got to keep that in okay. mind too. So, all right, so you and I I think that was one of the connections uh, we made about the the UP and other things like that, mm-hmm. but uh, I know that there's so much more to the story. So you start the cello as a child, when did you start to think that this is more than just, you know, lessons with grandma, even though that's terribly special?
1: Yeah. Well, in the lessons with grandma, I have to confess that um, it was all about the snacks. Hey, I'm in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Most of the decisions in my life have been based on food availability.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there was lots of nice Cheetos and stuff that was not allowed in my house after my cello lessons. No, I mean, at some point... Uh, I, I guess I was 11 and she told my parents, she was like, I think Hannah needs to find another teacher. Um, and so I, that's when I started studying with uh, Louis Potter, who mm. was the cello professor emeritus at Michigan state university. So then I started for the next five or six years until I graduated from high school, I would go up every week to, to East Lansing and he, I mean, I actually, he was kind of the bedrock. I mean, it was amazing and special to have the lessons with my grandmother. But I have to say, Louis Potter was such an uh, educator hmm. um, and and pedagogue that uh, he wrote a cello book that I still use today and I have my students use. And I mean, I had so many teachers after him, because I had like maybe five teachers for my undergrad and master's degree and afterwards, that it was so much information, but I'm so grateful for the grounding education of, of Mr. Potter. Yeah And he was you know re- basically retired, so I, I would go up there and have like two or three hour lessons. And it was really like a mixture of technique, but also life and politics and food and sure. it was like all in, entwined.
0: <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to keep picking up these threads as we go. We're going to come back to that one too because it strikes me education can be about many things. One is to prepare you for a specific task, uh-huh. and the the primary example I have on that is another friend gave me is when when you find out you're going to be adding a, a person to your family, someone's going to give you the book What to Expect When You're Expecting, right? right. It's, it's uh-huh. cliche, uh-huh. but then education can also be this launching pad mm-hmm. and. It, I think you, you found that passion because you're doing so much in education yourself, and we're going to get to the deanery and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but I do want to be at least a bit chronological. Yeah. So where did, then did you do undergrad? Were you, and, and, and that kind of stuff, because this was propelling you for an
1: international career. Well, I mean, I have to say that probably it was, you know, so Mr. Potter was great. Yeah. I, I was having fun with all of uh, my... Um, all of his other students that were from East Lansing and I would go over to the University of Michigan and do the Michigan Youth Symphony but it was really <clears throat> the summer when I was 15 when I went up to Interlaken for eight weeks that, that I was really like Oh, I had a aha moment because you know my grandmother had studied cello, but she became an elementary school teacher. My father actually went to University of Michigan as a cello major, mm-hmm. but became a dentist because as one it wasn't a proper profession to raise a family by, in quotes. And so I never really thought like I loved it, but I thought oh, you can't really you can you can do this as a profession. <laughs> um, so it was it was really uh, the summer interlock and and. Um, probably playing Brahms Fourth Symphony, that I totally became, you know, smitten.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I got to say one more thing about your grandma, and I'm trying to remember who the musician is, but, uh, you know, these concert conversations, I have to learn a lot about composers right. and so forth. Your grandma's gift to you of saying, no, I've I've done what I can. Uh, when a teacher can say that about uh-huh. a pupil, that mm-hmm. and I think it was Dvorak, actually, mm-hmm. who had a teacher in his village
1: mm-hmm. who
0: told the parents, look... This kid's going places, and I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's... that's yeah, that's true. I'm tr- getting
1: all teary. <laughs> well, but it's
0: but it's, a, it's a, an act of humility. Yeah. But it's an, also a great act of love for the right. student. you got to take this someplace else. Right, right. So then where did you go to college?
1: Well, that's... I don't know. It's a little bit of a... Um, or a conservatory? Or yeah. You know? I actually... I wasn't sure. I I wanted to, you know, spread my wings a little bit. So yeah, I, I yeah. got into the Eastman School of Music in Rochester. So I started off there, and... Actually, this is a huge part of my education and yeah. um, is that uh, learning that not every teacher is a good match for every student. Because yeah. um, I, a- anyway. Um... <laughs> well, and, and those can be difficult lessons, but they are lessons. Yeah, right, right They're important right, lessons. Right, right, right. It made me kind of um, examine what was important to yeah. me about music and finding my voice and all of that. So I kind of actually, uh, it was a lesson in the kind of, I don't know, you know, reverse in a way. But after two years at Eastman, I decided not to be a musician. Oh, okay. And so I I quit music and I transferred back to Michigan State as a pre-med major. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Wow. Most people want their kids to be a doctor and then they find out, what, you're a musician?
1: (laughs) Tell me about that story. Well... You know, I just found that for me at the time at Eastman, it was—I uh, was distraught at um, how I felt not connected to the music. It felt uh, kind of like a factory. Hmm. It felt like it was meaningless, and it felt—I don't know—I so I was like, "Wow, if this is what the music profession is like." I had a misconception about it, and um, I guess I don't want to be a musician, even though I really truly feel like a musician, but maybe that's not correct. And, you know, back in the back of my mind, I had some idea. I was like, I wonder if it's just like this in this country or if it's different in Europe. Like I had some notion that maybe it was different in Europe. But so I was like, I'm going to keep this little Fabergé egg of love for for music (laughs) To myself and do a different profession and, and be an amateur in the, mm. you know, true sense of an amateur musician. Sure, sure. So, yeah, I, I went back to Michigan State. But um, Michigan State was so lovely to me. They were like, oh, you're transferring here from Eastman? And they rolled out the red carpet mm. and they mm. I, I got a nice scholarship to play an orchestra and take cello lessons, even though I was uh, a pre-med major. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but uh, I did uh, eventually, obviously, get back into it. I I think I put up a little poster because you know pre Facebook, pre internet, pre anything. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, saying anybody that wants to read Bartok or late Be- Beethoven quartets, please contact me. <laughs> and I think there was a bunch of um, Michigan State was interesting at the time because they have they had the Verdere trio there, okay. um, and they would travel all over the world. And bring back students, and so there was a ton of grad students from England, Australia, yeah, yeah. India, wow. South Africa. I mean, it was really, um, I don't know, I to, to be honest, I found it much more thrilling than Eastman. Yeah. Because it was like a true melting pot of all of these, uh, you know, kind of experiences of all these, mostly string players.
0: Sure. But you're also in a in a broader milieu right right exactly so yeah. um and i i find this interesting nexus there are a lot of physicians who are very gifted musicians um mm-hmm. and they used to do that doctors concert yeah. at the there's and a there's lot some of in doctor's the symphony orchestras. that's right mm-hmm. in in our symphony so um there is something about that but this doesn't surprise me Hannah, because if you go i mean even at a liberal arts college where we want them to be all over the place right. you know in terms of pursuing their interests you find that difference when a kid who's maybe I don't know, majoring in neuroscience pre-med mm-hmm. whatever start stepping outside and they become more excited. So mm-hmm. if your whole life is around one thing, even mm-hmm. though cello is a great thing
1: right, right. but
0: being in that broader milieu yeah. maybe that that sparked something for you. Yeah, I think so yeah
1: plus being around all these international students yeah I think that really um, that really sparked something. So of course these there was a grad student quartet made up of two English and one Australian. And an American, and and so they invited me to play the Schubert quintet with them, and 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 they were, you know, totally kind of like, who's this undergrad? Who,
0: who? <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah,
1: <laughs> wants to play Bartok quintets. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, so I um, I yeah yeah, I, I, I ended up going to England, and actually, right. um, my first husband, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I um was an English violinist, uh huh, and um, so yeah, we. Started playing uh, piano trios Mm. for like 10 years, and we would spend a lot of time in England every summer um, performing. And it was, uh, that was really great. So
0: cool. Yeah. There are so many cool aspects of this story, and it reminds (laughs) me that there are so many cool aspects to WVIK's programming. (laughs) I mean, come on, you just can't keep them straight.
2: (laughs) I'm Ben Schwind. Join us Saturday at 6 p.m. for the Echo Radio Hour, where we'll be taking a look at all the music coming out of the Quad Cities. The Echo Radio Hour is made possible by Village Home Stores.
0: And that's just one of the many programs we hope you'll explore on W V I K. And if you can't keep them straight, like me, go to WVIK.org for a complete program listing. My guest is Hannah Holman, principal cellist of the Quad City Symphony Orchestra. And i uh, I gotta accelerate on this bio stuff because we got like up to two okay. minute stuff we gotta talk about. Yeah, but no, so your your career took you overseas. Um how did we get you in the Quad Cities? For goodness' sake, how did we land you?
1: It was a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. That's all I right. mean, um, okay. Uh, well, I don't know if people know that I actually worked with Mark Russell Smith in the Richmond Symphony. Right.
0: Yes, that's right. But a lot of people don't know that. That yeah. was a cool connection. That's
1: a. I. That's where I first loved working with Mark. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, I left Richmond uh, and decided I needed to be a chamber musician. So I moved to New York City, and that was 2001. And that summer, I went to Eastern Music Festival, and I met somebody. Okay. And he happened to be here. <laughs> so um, I I uh, auditioned for actually principal of Cedar Rapids Symphony. huh. That was fall of 2001. And got that. And then first section of Quad, 2001, got that. And then I was commuting from New York. But at some point, I was like, okay, I've just got to move. So that's how I first came to Iowa City. Right. was right. in 2001. And I was in New York during 9-11. Mm. And I think that also was – I was like, yeah. what am I doing? Like, yeah. I, I need to do something meaningful and – I hope somebody someday
0: collects stories like that, because I interviewed a lot of our uh, alumni from Augustana who, they just, okay, that that happened, and I realized I wasn't doing what I wanted to do, and I couldn't justify not doing it anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, there's, I hope somebody does some research on it. Yeah, that. So we, we get you in the Quad City right? Symphony Orchestra. I,
1: then I joined the Maya String Quartet.
0: Right. At I In Iowa City, basically. In Iowa yeah. City. Yeah. yeah
1: ba- uh, faculty uh, at the University of Iowa, mm-hmm. and... So I had uh, 10 great years with the Maya Mm -hmm. Quartet. Um, And at some point, you know, I had my son Matisse, and the quartet was getting busy. And um, so I resigned from Quad City Symphony. And then in 2008, when I I heard that Mark was coming, and I heard that there was a principal cello opening, I I took the audition. And um, I have to say, like, this has really... um, I mean, I, I, I'm so grateful, because mm. it mm. really, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know, I, I, I was a little bit lost at that time, well, actually, and so it was really everything for me.
0: Well, let's remember Tolkien, not all who wander are lost, and, <laughs> and that's okay, but yeah. you came here, and I think it's been a wonderful match. Yes. Because you have given us uh, as audiences uh, exposure to music that I don't think you would do as a as an orchestra like the QCSO unless you, you had a rock solid cellist. All right, <laughs> and so just even this season, and we were talking about this before, yeah. the shalomo. I mean, that was amazing. <laughs> that was so cool. Thank you for bringing it.
1: Oh us. my gosh. Well, thank you and thank Mark and yeah. thanks the Quattro Symphony for allowing me to do. It. It's such a great piece. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I mean. A lot of, as I think I mentioned in the pre-concert conversations, a lot of my friends were like, wow, you get to do that? (laughs) They were so jealous. (laughs) A lot of my cellist friends in New York haven't had a chance to to play with orchestra, so...
0: Now we got to catch up because we're coming back to the symphony. Don't yeah. you worry. In fact, in a few uh, minutes, we're going to have Composer's Datebook. But you mentioned Matisse. Now, I've yeah. never met the young man. Well, I know just once. I did meet him once, but uh, you and I are friends on Facebook. So yeah. I, I follow <laughs> when he's, oh my gosh, he's getting his driver's license. And, you know, <laughs> right. these kinds of things. Because uh, watching the things that he's doing, my kids went through a He's while actually
1: ago. coming to the Quad Cities today. Is he? Yeah, they're oh, doing a jazz thing at Davenport Central. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Is he
0: going to be able to join you for the concert? No, no, or? he's coming
1: over on the bus but oh, we boat, might right. sneak in a dinner together <laughs> oh
0: that would be so nice but i'm i'm just i'm so nosy Excuse no it's me, great i love it how did you come to the name matisse i just love that name because i love the artist but yeah. how did you get come to that name
1: well it's that's a good story i um with matisse's father we mm-hmm. uh, he uh, tony arnoni had lived in um nice and uh so when i was pregnant with matisse um well with pregnant we yeah. went over um you know, in the safe period, and uh, toured the Matisse Museum. Uh. And uh, that was kind of where first had the idea. And his middle name is Vasilios, because that's his uh, Greek great grandfather who was a commercial artist. Wow. So kind of the art thing in... I don't know. I wanted some cool initial in there, like V or. I
0: See, know. I've I've never asked you about his name, but I'm so glad I did because Jenny and I got to go to Nice uh-huh. some years ago, Uh-huh. and the Musée Matisse yeah. is so amazing. Yeah, you it come is up museum. to it, and the outside right. is like, wait, this is a museum, right? It looks like. Maybe a slightly run down sort of country villa kind of yes, a house, exactly. which is how it started its life was right. out in the country yeah. in the olive groves. Mm-hmm. And then you go inside and it's so modern and I, bright I and know. and I mean, come on. And I haven't
1: been back actually since I need to go again. Oh,
0: we want to go back. Yeah. We, we and then on the just on the back side of it. There are Roman ruins. And yeah. you can you wander right into that. I mean it's that's so friends, yeah, add to your bucket list Nice. Uh huh. And I you know, I was a I was a German major at Augustine. I never thought I'd like going to France. I mean, they don't pronounce half the word, as my German <laughs> professor would say. But it's so cool if you go. and it, well, well, it's so beautiful down there. Oh, yeah. Anywhere in there. Anywhere yeah, in there. But yeah. the, the timing was great because there's a fun little project in the president's office at Augustana College. We had some art students uh-huh. and a couple of art faculty. Uh, that They guided them, and we had the students decide what art to put in the office because we have a new president. Oh, great. And we sort of re- re- uh-huh. refreshed the whole office. It looks different and stuff. And we let the students lead us in what we should be considering. And I was overwhelmed. The students gave us as choices four of the colleges. The college has is very fortunate to have some Matisse uh, prints, but I mean they're signed, yeah. right? Yeah, wow! So I have uh, to go check that out, we built it all around these. Um, Three or four Matisse botanicals, including Les Fleurs de Neige, the snowdrops. Uh And our president is from upstate New York, and uh, she's she and her father have this connection around when the snowdrops,
1: the flowers appear. So, and I'm
0: thinking, I got Matisse in my office. I have the mother of Matisse (laughs) coming on the radio show. It's just it's a it's a harmonic convergence of some kind or another. (laughs) I love
1: it. Well, and we uh, thought like, okay, well maybe Matisse, you know, he could always go by Matt, you know, if he but. You no, know, he's always just gone by Matisse. He
0: looks <laughs> like, like a
1: Matisse. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the kid needs to be Matisse. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's very, very cool.
1: All right. <laughs>
0: Sorry for letting me. No, no.
1: And now he's graduating. I can't. Are believe you kidding it. me? Yeah, he's eighteen. He's yeah. senior, and I, I'm. Yeah, does he now? I'm starting to cry like all the time. <laughs> ah, that's okay.
0: It gets better, ma. Okay. So the, uh, but I mean, uh, in my experience working in higher education, many young males don't make a decision until about May first. Does he have an idea of what he's going to be doing next year?
1: Um, his first choice is studying environmental policy or environmental studies at the University of Vermont. Cool. He really loved Burlington, and yeah, and, uh, um, it's so beautiful there, and all their New buildings are lead certified oh, and sure, you know farm to table sure. and yeah, but we'll just see. Um, he he didn't do early. Admission, and so a lot of the colleges that he applied to are we're still waiting to hear, and then the financial packages. Oh yeah, no, we'll it all, just see where it'll all go. You know what I can tell you
0: is that uh, it seems at times to be a morass, but you'll get it's it's fine. I mean, you just walk through it one step at a time, and okay. somehow, thanks, Kai. I well, feel calmer. <laughs> amazingly, no, because I watch families do this all the time, right? I'm and sure I did it myself, uh-huh. you know, for my with my children, and uh, even got to with one of uh, Jenny's children. Children, and it it seems like it's this, you know, uh, if I get this wrong, you know. Uh and in the end, I find if the student just follows their heart, yeah. mean, then it's gonna be okay. Right, and trust their gut. It's gonna be okay.
1: Yeah. Okay, right? good. Thank
0: you. So there you go. Now <laughs> we've I'm talked Breathing to the,
1: better already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we haven't talked about this weekend's concerts, but first we have to have some inspiration because there are four amazing composers yeah. on today's concert. And I don't know, because I don't preview these composers' date books. Maybe one of them we're gonna learn about right now.
2: This is the Composer's Datebook for March 4th. I'm John Burge. The fanfare is perhaps the most optimistic and hopeful of all musical forms, since it signals the start of something new and worth noting. The American composer Adam Schoenberg was feeling optimistic when he wrote the fanfare that opens his American Symphony, a work premiered on this date in 2011 by the Kansas City Symphony. American Symphony was inspired by the 2008 presidential election, says Schoenberg, when both parties asked the people to embrace change and make a difference. I was both excited and honored about ushering in this new era in our nation's history. Schoenberg celebrated his 28th birthday shortly after the 2008 election, and says he got the idea for his new symphony after hearing what he calls the quintessential American symphony, namely Aaron Copland's third symphony. Not coincidentally, Copland's symphony includes his famous fanfare for the common man as a key thematic statement. Says Schoenberg, I believe Copland wanted to bring beauty and peace into the world during a time of great turmoil. And seeing that our country and world had needs similar to those of Copeland's time, I set out to write a modern American symphony that paid homage to our past and looked forward to a brighter future. Composer's Datebook is produced by APM, American Public Media, in conjunction with the American Composers Forum, reminding you that all music was once new.
0: Well, support for composer's date book comes from the Quad City Symphony Orchestra. Guess what? Presenting Masterworks 5, Fierce Females. That's tonight and tomorrow. Tickets for this celebration of women in music are available at qcso.org. But congratulations, friends. You're starting that celebration a little bit early because you're helping me hang out with Hannah Holman from uh, the Quad City Symphony Orchestra, a fierce woman in music whom I have come to respect very, very deeply. This is such a cool concert time. Tonight.
1: It's really great. It's and great music. As as
0: often happens, I'm gonna be hearing stuff I've never heard perform live. Well,
1: before. and I've never performed <gasps> any of these pieces before. Oh, oh. actually, I think almost everybody in the cello section, we were chatting about that last night. Like no, nobody's played any of this music before. Well, let's dive in. We're, okay. we're so we're
0: gonna have some Joan Tower. Yep. And I think the symphony may have I've been can you believe I've been there like twenty Doing this <laughs> chat for, well, more than I it's can great. remember, but more, but I think we've done the we've fanfare f- this before. Or, there's a few fanfares. Right, there's, there's, she's chopped it up. Right. And, right, 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 right.
1: So I don't actually know, and we don't play this... It's, the strings don't play on the... Oh, okay. Barrel. So we'll let you off the hook. Okay, great. <laughs> but these other
0: two women... Joan Tower, an amazing woman in music. Yeah. But, but the other two women of the composers are phenomenal, and I feel so bad that I don't know more about them.
1: Well, I did a tiny bit of research, but go, I know go, go. Um, Mark is is really up on it. But yeah. Louise Ferranc, uh, her symphony... And G minor, number three is great, mm. and uh, we've all been singing it. <laughs> really? I sang it all the way back to Iowa City last night after rehearsal. Mm. But um, yeah, she was um, born in 1804 in Paris, and um, she her father was a sculptor, mm. and uh, she was a professor at the of pa- piano at the pa- Ugh, I can't talk. Sorry, That's P- all right. at the Pier- Paris Conservatory, right. and um, she was paid less than the men. Until Joachim played, uh, Josef Joachim, the famous violinist, played one of her pieces, and um, I think that helped her gain confidence, and then she asked for equal pay to her male colleagues, and she got it. That was back in like 1850. I
0: know. It's amazing. And the yeah. music is so lovely.
1: It's great. It's great. So if, you, if you're if you like
0: me, it's okay to confess. I mean, I wish I didn't have to confess that I had never heard of her before. Mm-hmm. But after tonight, friends, or tomorrow, if you're in the audience, you will remember this name. Uh, so check it out. Can't wait to hear that. Now, who else do we have that?
1: Well, we have Florence Price. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Yeah. She was actually born in Little Rock. Right,
0: right. And then, yeah. And
1: then came north. Um, but, uh, I mean, she, amazing. We're, I, I made some notes on her, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, let's see. She enrolled at New England Conservatory, mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. alma mater, mm-hmm. in 1902. She actually enrolled as a Mexican to en- avoid racial discrimination. Right, because she was African American. Right, African American. Yeah. Um what else can I tell you? I mean, she was the first African-American woman to have a piece uh, played by the Chicago Symphony mm-hmm. in 1933. Mm-hmm.
0: Isn't that something? In 33? Yeah. 1933. Yeah, almost wow.
1: 100 years ago.
0: Well, and there's so many fascinating elements uh, to her story yeah. that I'm looking forward to tonight's concert conversations because Mark and I have had a little bit of a conversation about this already oh, good. and Oh no, it's just it's so cool. Yeah. I can't wait to uh, to hear that, but isn't that extraordinary? That um, she had to pretend to be uh, an identity that she wasn't just to get a toe in the door, and yeah. then when you hear this music tonight, friends, by Flo- it, it's it's so um, strong. You think you just have to imagine what happened if the system that was set up to exclude her had won, and we didn't yeah. get a chance to hear exactly. this, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's it'll just kind of. It'll give you goosebumps when you're sitting there thinking about that and listening to the music. I mean,
1: but. we when we we first played it last night at rehearsal and everybody was like, "Wow, it's so great! It's like Dvorak. It's very, yeah. very rich."
0: But it's so American.
1: It's so American. It's yeah. so
0: American. That's what I was. And again, I haven't heard it live. I've only heard recordings. But you're you're in for a treat, friends. And now, well, now you're already. Blown away. Right. And then, Wei Luo is coming back mm-hmm. to uh, the Quad Cities uh, for a different piano piece. Are you going to be part of that one? Yes. Yeah, uh-huh, they, yeah. they should yeah. be, right? Yeah, yeah. We're That's playing the second half. Prokofiev yeah. uh, uh, Piano Concerto number 2. Correct. That's an intense piece of music.
1: Man, it's one of the hardest piano concertos written, I uh, think. And she's, uh, like, killing it. <laughs> she sounds incredible.
0: Well, I remember when she was here before, she, ma- she really makes it look... I mean, she's obviously very energetically engaged, mm-hmm. but... It it, lo- it doesn't look impossible, no. but it is impossible. <laughs> I mean, you know, right?
1: I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it seems pretty hard, and she's, she's doing it. She sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I, I want to... I'm, I'm going to lay bare something about you, my friend, and I'm, I'm not at all surprised you did some of that historical research because history is a passion for you, and you have done some work shining a light on women uh, and cello, whether they're women cellists or composers, that kind of thing. Yeah. What, what is what? How does that feed your passions—the history, the biography, the the whole area of, of uh, feminism and music?
1: I mean. <clears throat> I, I think it's kind of twofold. That's a great question. Uh, partially because of my grandmother, ah, you know? And yep. and I realize as I've gone on, it's still not, you know, it's yeah. still a, a little bit of a struggle for, yeah, we have for a female um, musicians. And just, you know, in every profession, we're not quite there yet. We're making huge strides, but we're not quite there yet. And so I think for me, I, um, you know, I I, I just... I found lots of inspiration in the women that have come before me, right. uh, you know, to give me kind of strength and uh, inspiration. Like, you know, just keep going and keep fighting and, you know.
0: But these um, – uh, the, the, And
1: such rich stories.
0: And that's the key. That's what I yeah. want to get at. One of yeah. my um, – I don't know. One of my uh, passions is the power of story. hmm Beyond merely the relaying of information, right? right? Right. And um, when I was doing communications for the college a couple of decades ago, my my niece, who's now... Uh, a wonderfully grown professional woman uh, was a little child, and she she was trying to figure out what I did for the college, and she said, oh, you're the storyteller. So I've always kind of liked that sort of stuff, uh-huh. right? But when you're telling these stories, you're also helping to move the ball, right? Because uh, absolutely, across the board, we have a long way to go, mm-hmm. but in professional music too. Mm-hmm. And it's not a slam necessarily on those of us burdened with a Y chromosome, but it does become a call to action to be more of an ally mm-hmm. in making can it happen so and you're arming us with the information to well do and i that.
1: think you know i mean this when i first joined the new york city ballet mm-hmm. our principal cellist was fred slotkin he just unfortunately passed away last summer mm. he's the brother of leonard slotkin yeah, yeah. and um he came right up to me he said you must know my mother eleanor aller and i was like actually i i never heard of her but she was uh a Really incredible cellist who was the first cellist of one of the Hollywood string quartet and the Warner Brothers Orchestra. And Korngold, uh, she premiered the Korngold cello Mm. concerto that Mm. I played, got to play with Quad City Symphony a while ago. So, you know, I think it was like kind of hearing about her. And I'm, I feel like I'm one of the biggest cello geeks there is. (laughs) And yet I had never heard of her. That made me want to do a deep dive into like, okay, well, who else is out there that I haven't heard of? And so I, made this list of, yeah. like, 50, at least 50 female cellists from dating from as early as I could find. Yeah. And um, so thanks t- to Nick Props, we've yeah. done nine videos. And, so cool. Um, I want to do a lot more, but, you know... Time but that was resources. The spark. That was the spark, yeah. really.
0: And we haven't even talked about that. So you, <laughs> I mean, this is why it's so amazing. I, I, I get a little winded just thinking about your schedule. You're in New York all the time, well, with the ballet. Half and half. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, no, no, right, right, right. But yeah. I mean, you're you're splitting your time, and then you've got to Go from and you mentioned earlier about being on the subway. Mm-hmm. I mean, off uh, Mike, but uh, I mean, my my pulse rates w- goes up when I just think about being on the New York subway, <laughs> and you're doing it every day. And then all of a sudden, you have to kind of recalibrate. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like the uh-huh. map quest, whatever. Recalibrate, uh-huh. and then uh-huh. you're back on a Midwest kind of a vibe, mm-hmm. and you're bringing this amazing music to us. Uh, how do you how do you make that shift between? New York City and Iowa City.
1: I mean, I think it's um, it's like my son's uh, preschool teacher said, like you know, in the winter they play inside, and then the and then spring comes, and then they play outside, and it's kind of like I don't know if that makes any sense, but like you get kind of tired, you maximize one and then you're ready for a change and so i feel like i have a great balance in in the two because i know like new york is a rat race and it gets really tiring mm. um yeah often i'm on the subway three hours a day and you know i can't say that it's th- the cleanest or f- i that yeah. i feel the safest yeah. on, the, on the subways but you know you kind of ah yeah right. and then you i'm able to come back here sure. and hop in my car and drive to a grocery store and like it's like so I feel like I have the best of all worlds really.
0: Oh, well uh, when we're talking about this uh, this wonderful uh, aspect of of your career where you're in exposing us to people that we might not otherwise know I want to put in a plug March 25th you will be at the figgy as part of the figgies exhibit sporting fashion outdoor girls 1800 to 1960 and we'll have an evening celebrating women in music so that's going to include uh, you I believe your we're going to be joined by Marion Lee yep. and the QCSO string quartet performing Amy Beach's piano quintet yeah. which I've never heard live. Yeah. So, I've never played it. All right. <laughs> I don't
1: all think right. anybody's ever played, but it's really juicy. It's ah cool. Great. Great. Yeah. Rich music.
0: Have you seen the exhibit? I have not, so, but
1: actually I'm going over there right after are this. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, so cool.
0: Well, I think uh, uh, that's – and uh, well, we'll be there. We hope everyone else is there. I th- I would it's assume It's going to be a great concert. QCSO.org has info on that yeah. on their website. I'm pretty yeah. sure – and Figgy probably does too. So uh, Figgy – I'm also yeah.
1: doing a uh, presentation on, on women in music at the Figgy uh, as a prep for this on the 23rd. The 23rd. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to keep all of this in mind <laughs> – and hopefully we can find out details about this everywhere else but so okay you've you've brought to us amazing women in music amazing cellists um here is a rising uh woman uh, related to the cello unfortunately she's an entirely fictional character who has inspired this week's uh that's my jam <music> <laughs> is the, the Brooklyn duo uh, performing a cello and piano transcription of the Rolling Stones' Paint It Black, which was inspired by this new television series, Wednesday, which is about Wednesday Adams? Right, Uh, from the Adams family, who's sent off to a boarding school for kids who are all these families are like the Adams family. Can you imagine a school like that? And uh, and of course, because she's so interesting, she's a cellist.
1: Oh, of course, (laughs) of course. I didn't actually know about her or that she was a cellist. So thanks for.
0: Oh, you got to check this series out. I would would strongly encourage this of anybody. I will. But it's. uh, I'm always looking for something.
1: (laughs) Well, the the series
0: is interesting because it's a it's a young person at an awkward time. Mm Right. As uh, I mean, I entered my awkward stage about 12. I came out of it, I think, last spring, uh-huh. uh,
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, maybe not uh, the, the 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 subtext is um, they're at this school for sort of weirdos, but every school is a school for weirdos. And you can either try to hide the fact or, mm-hmm. or celebrate it. And or when you're young, it. you yeah. can't, it's hard to do that when you're yeah. young, right? You don't have the self-confidence right. to be who you are. Right. And it's so cool. Uh, it's it's a, There's a lot of allegories in it. I would recommend it to anybody, but the cello music they do is great. That's so
1: cool. is, it is. I'm going to totally check it out. You will
0: have to check that out. And I was afraid that, uh, there are so many, uh, you know, popular songs transcribed for for cello mm-hmm. that you are just going to roll your eyes at that one. And so my question is, do you have a piece of popular music transcribed for cello that that you like, or is that just not so much your bag?
1: Um, no, I love it. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'll, I mean, somebody transcribed uh, "Purple Haze" for me. Really? Yeah.
0: I got to hear that someday. Yeah. Well, why does thing, certain that, things like that work for the cello? So the original paint it black has sitar uh-huh. and a stringed instrument, but the technique is entirely different. But there's something about the sound quality. Um it, that I don't know, it works for cello.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It does work for cello. I, I think maybe the resonance and the physicality and the
0: mm-hmm. I don't know. I have Well, the physicality is certainly part of it. Yeah. Okay,
1: so purple haze, other things? Um there's a I have a really great uh Duet version of um, Hallelujah. Oh, cool! That, that that works for one. If I, and I've done it on, on occasion, and I've done some u two mm-hmm. for two cellos. Mm-hmm. You know the the what is that two cellos? The the it's yeah. the Croatian. Um, guys
0: yeah yeah and they've
1: done a lot of. oh that's
0: right that yeah, yeah yeah i've seen them on yeah. on uh, on youtube
1: well uh i do c- have an electric cello do you? Yeah,
0: yeah i think
1: i saw that somewhere yeah, do you yeah. Have that?
0: well anyway what i'm <laughs> curious about is for those of us who want to hear more hannah holman my goodness how could we possibly get our hands on a recording
1: oh well <clears throat> <laughs> i mean i have old-fashioned cds but there's a i put a few things up on youtube yeah my youtube channel and uh But you've Um, got a new I've got a new CD coming out. Thanks for the...
0: (laughs) I just throw the softball. You go ahead and knock it over the Um, fence.
1: Yes. Well, Professor Rainey LaQuona at the University of Iowa and I... Actually, the University of Iowa provided some financial support a Grant to help us record a new CD which we recorded last summer. We're still in the editing process, but hopefully it'll come out soon. Yeah, yeah. but it's uh, three women composers, uh-huh. uh, juicy late romantic cello sonatas by Ethel Smythe, British composer, uh, Dora Pejacevic, Croatian composer, and uh, Henrietta Bosmans, mm. Dutch composer. Mm. And all these sonatas were written around you know 1920, mm. so. Amazing. They're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great works that, again, need more voice and need more people to hear about them. Because, I mean, actually, the Ethel Smythe is very reminiscent of, like, uh, the Brahms E minor yeah. sonata. Everybody's like, you know, how many times can you hear the Brahms E minor sonata? It's always great, but, like, you know, there's other options. Let's give this a try. Yeah. Absolutely. And, well, and that's... give voice to these these women.
0: Well, okay, so I wanted to put you on the spot. You know I ask these crazy questions. <laughs> Um, I was thinking in preparation for this. Um, I was. Is there a piece of music that, uh, as you were encountering it as a, as earlier in your career, that might have changed things for you? And and I don't. I can't say there's a piece of music like that for me because I'm not a musician. But yeah. for instance. Uh, John Irving's Cider House Rules. Mm -hmm. I read that when I was about 20. Mm -hmm. And the whole character of Homer Wells, it just, when I look back on it, it kind of shifted the trajectory. Mm -hmm. Now, in a negative version of that, I saw Jaws when I was too young to see Jaws, and I was afraid to swim in Lake Michigan, you know? (laughs) And that had a negative (laughs) Uh impact on me. uh But was there a piece of music that when you encountered it, it's like, hmm, I... This has altered my course. I mean,
1: there's a, like, when you say that there's kind of three pieces that pop to mind, Uh but but... I'd say the first kind of when I was uh, in my dark stage at Eastman wondering about is music really, um, you know, what I'm supposed to do, Uh, I listened on repeat to Dvorak's String Serenade. Uh I don't know why. I think I was playing it and it was like a little nugget of what I loved about being a musician that I really held on to. And I also listened on repeat to uh, Glenn Gould's um, Goldberg Variations. Hmm. And that really kind of pulled me through. Um, and I think it was around that time too, and I'm embarrassed that I didn't know before, but that I first heard Jacqueline Dupre's Elgar Concerto. Ah. So those three things kind of combined huh. um, were pivotal in in giving me kind of enough Ah, uh, well, food or yeah. you know nutrients to pull me through. <laughs> You've
0: just given us three great recommendations. I'm going to give you a book recommendation because we just okay. finished it. But And then I want you to think about if there's a either something video, literary, or anything you want to recommend for us. Because I like to swap things Oh, like I that. love that. Okay. But we have a little book club at work uh, here at Augustana. And we uh, meet on the first Friday of the month because we're all so busy. And we try to find books that we can finish <laughs> in right. a month because right. you know, we're doing <laughs> right. other stuff. We just did um, A Woman's Story by Annie Elnault. Uh-huh. She, a French writer who won oh. the Nobel uh-huh. uh, for literature, and it's about the passing of her mother. And it's very brief, but my goodness, when you were thinking about your grandma, it, there's these themes about how we know what we know, and then there's stuff that we have to kind of fill in the blanks about like our parents and our grandparents right. and things like this. And you know, fortunately, when they're still with us, you can do that. But then, when they're no longer with us, you've got to kind of put this together. Um, and it's a great read. Uh, mm-hmm. I would recommend it to anybody. Uh, but when you were talking about, you know, your grandma and being in Oregon, Illinois, and gross, and there's so much more to the story. Right? Yeah, exactly. and it's great that we can do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's my recommendation to you, Hannah. Do you have a recommendation for me? Book, music, movie, streaming service? Anything?
1: Wow. Um, oh my gosh, I'm not ready for this question. <laughs> I mean, I have to confess that I go in and out of. Uh, reading. <laughs> no, no, it does not. Uh, yeah. um, and actually, I don't listen to music that much, really, because I feel like I'm. It's always in my head, uh-huh. and I actually find it kind of distracting, mm. unless I'm purposefully listening to something for some yeah, some reason, right? Um, and it's kind of the same with books. Like I have a hard time just uh, reading something unless I'm researching something or like a self-help book or well. or a music history book or something. So right now I'm dab I have a couple of women in music books that mm-hmm. I'm reading kind of as prep for the Figgy. Sure. Um and then
0: yeah. Well, the record, I guess what I would say is what was, uh, I think one of the things that links all of us in this little group together is that we're reading so much nonfiction yeah. that is like for our professional right, development right, or personal right, enhancement right. that you forget how powerful fiction is. Yeah, it's uh, true. And of course, the Arnaud is maybe more of a memoir, but mm-hmm. we've done some other really interesting books in that.
1: That's so good. It, no, I, 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 I have. A- I'm actually cleaning a little bit. It's <laughs> shocking. <laughs> and I've come across some books in my bookcase. I'm like, oh, I should read that for fun. I'm actually going to the UK on Wednesday. So I'm going to bring a book to read for fun.
0: Are you going? You told me that when you were there, you were based in Worcester. Are you going back to that area? No, it's actually
1: races? really. Um, Kind of fun. The City High in Iowa City Music Department is uh, traveling to perform in the UK for 10 days. So I'm a chaperone. For Matisse. For Matisse. Oh, dude, that's so cool. And he, the fact that he wanted his mom to come oh, with him come is on now. super sweet. Come on, now. And I'm, I'm going to be playing cello at the back of the City High Orchestra. <laughs> They're doing a, the Tchaikovsky String Serenade, which we do a lot in the ballet. <sighs> yeah. So yeah. Oh, yeah! what fun. Yeah, that so is so cool. I'm going to bring a book to read for fun. I'll get back to you on what it is. (laughs) You have
0: to. You'll have to report back to us. But when you're talking about music, I have to (laughs) – so um, I could tend to read kind of like heavy, meaty stuff and Uh uh, be listening – when I'm listening in my house, I'm usually listening to NPR or maybe a podcast from The Economist Uh and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I am so grateful that my spouse is a jazzercise instructor. So she (laughs) is constantly having to listen to these pop – Tunes, uh-huh. right? That I mean, I think she'd be the first. Most of them are kind of bubblegum, but it's so much fun because yeah. you get yourself in a trap. Right. And then all of a sudden Up comes this You know Whatever the latest version Of Call Me Baby Or whatever uh-huh. is, is coming out And it's just You could un- yeah. totally untrack yeah. Yeah. And then kind of Bring your focus nice. back To stuff that's fun mm-hmm. Well that is I'm so I'm so happy for you That you and Matisse Get to share that experience Because that's, that's going to be re- Especially on the brink of The next thing right? I know I That's going to be cool I know
1: Yeah It's going to be fun There, there we're uh, King's College Cambridge uh, Even song We're going to go to And cool. the, the choir is singing there He sings in the choir. He plays French horn in the band and the orchestra. So um, yeah, lots of concerts. Well, Coventry, I'm, Bristol, London.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah,
1: it's going to be good.
0: Well, you're going to have a great time. They're going to have a great time. So good on you, Iowa City High, for I know. sending a group of students all the way over there. Yep. And we know we're going to be hearing you this weekend at QCSO.org. You can find all of the details related to this Masterworks 5 concert, Fierce Females. But then also, uh, we've got a, a couple of uh, dates we got to put in our calendar for hearing you, uh, both present Well, in verbal and musical presentation at the Figgy. Man, see, I'm, I'm getting winded just thinking about your, your career. But uh, I am so grateful that you decided to spend some time with oh, us this Oh, Ty, morning.
1: thank you so much for asking me. This was so fun.
0: Well, and then you will come back because... I will v- come back. The next thing you've got to do is tell us about that book that you're going to read on your trip to England. Okay, that will be very, very cool. Okay.
1: Maybe I'll even read two. Whoa! Hey,
0: <laughs> well, if you stick around for a minute, we'll have some more recommendations. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to have to do it for now. I again want to thank my guest uh, Hannah Holman, principal cellist for the Quad City Symphony Orchestra. Hopefully, you're going to be able to uh, join us next week when our guest will be Tracy Singleton, Ooh. the new Morning Edition host awesome. on WVIK. First, one little bit of business support for. WVIK comes from Illinois State University, founded in 1857 as Illinois' first public university to prepare future educators, today offering 150 degree programs in six academic colleges. Details are available at Illinois State. Dot edu and we want to take a quick look at the forecast chance of rain today in the afternoon otherwise mostly cloudy our high should get up near 49 overnight rain goes away clouds increase overnight low around 30 tomorrow's looking not bad mostly cloudy a high near 54 degrees breezy winds out of the southwest at five to 10 miles per hour but as you look ahead then there is a chance of showers Sunday night we should tell you about Monday though partly sunny high near 51 and I'm looking out at the forecast there yeah maybe a little chance for snow on Thursday night into Friday, but we think that winter may be on its way out the door. Don't hold your breath, of course. We never do. As aforementioned, next week's guest will be Tracy Singleton. I hope you'll join us on Saturday morning live portions recorded, but up next it's Away With Words on WVIK Rock Island, Quad Cities NPR.
2: (music) Growing up, my mom and my grandma used to both say, to me,